our text. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. We're picking up in the middle of something here, I know, but I don't have time to read uh, all the verses involved, and you can, you can read them if you want, but we're picking up in the middle of something here, talking about Abraham. And it says concerning Abraham, and being not weak in faith... He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you for this powerful service you've given us. Thank you, God, for the one who received the Holy Ghost while ago and, and the testimonies of healings and, and uh, the uplift and rejoicing uh, that it's been. But now, Lord, I'm asking you, God, just to reach down one more time, God, and, and anoint this, uh, this servant, God, that I may deliver the word that you put up on my heart for this congregation this day. And everything's accomplished. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say, and you can be seated. Hallelujah. says that Abraham not being weak in faith. Now, as, as we go ahead and continue the study into the distinctions of faith, I, I want to consider what I have called anemic faith today as our point of departure. The text that we have chosen in reference to uh, the patriot uh, Abraham, he is known as the father of faith. Abraham was a man of extraordinary faith. He followed God when there was absolutely nothing to show good reason to do so. Amen. If you look at it out of natural perspective, Abraham followed God during times there was really no good reason. What's wrong with this man? That's what the world would think. Amen. I mean, what's, I mean, you know, and there were many times, if we, if we had, had the time today, we could bring out during Abraham's life that he believed God when there was no really physical good reason for him to do so. Now, the Scripture declares that he was not weak in faith. Now, according to the Hebrew, the word weak here means to be feeble, diseased, impotent, sick, and without strength. That's what this word faith here meant in the original, to be feeble, diseased, impotent, sick, and without strength. So in other words, Abraham kept his faith healthy. Come on. A lot of people today go overboard. They're so concerned about keeping their bodies healthy, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's something we should do. Uh, but a lot of times we don't consider about our relationship with God. Amen? Hallelujah. We ought to be just concerned as keeping our faith healthy. Come on now. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, uh, 
Abraham was a man who did that. He kept his faith healthy, and he never allowed circumstance to weaken his faith. He maintained a fresh, ongoing relationship with Jehovah Jireh. Can somebody say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, in today's message, I'm going to deal with the dangers of anemic faith. Hallelujah. A lot of people, they don't dig down in the, in the Word of God to really bring out everything that's what the Word of God has to say about faith. And there are many distinctions, there are many avenues, there are many things about faith, hallelujah, that we will never be able to exhaust if we was to try to dig down and study it all. And this anemic faith, somebody who's got anemic faith, a faith that is weak or a faith that is feeble, diseased, impotent, sick, or without strength, there's some dangers. Now, I don't have time to cover everything that I that we have considered and prayed about. But there are two main things that I'm going to try quickly to bring across to you this afternoon. Amen. Dangers of having anemic faith. Number one, the weak in faith never advance. Hallelujah. The weak in faith Never advance. Hallelujah. It's good to have a good defense. But if you're going to win the game, you've got to have a good offense also. Come on, somebody. Too many Christians today has got this foxhole mentality. Hallelujah. Too many times down the years through apostolic, I've heard too many people say, Oh, if I can just hold on. Where do you get that in the Word of God? God didn't fill you with His power. That young man that got the Holy Ghost a while ago, He did not give you the Holy Ghost that you could just hold on. That junk comes from our thinking, our reason. It don't come from God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got something to do around here, church. Hallelujah. He did not save us, fill them with the Spirit, just so we could do the Holy Ghost two-step or the Holy Ghost boot scoop. Hallelujah. Come on. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And God expects His people not to just hold ground, but advance. Hallelujah. He's looking at you. Do you realize and understand the Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ? Now, I'm not getting into the judgments today, but let me tell you something. There's a difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. There are two different judgments there. The judgment seat of Christ is where we're going to stand as believers to give account of what He's given us and how well we've used it. Come on, somebody. God expects us to advance, to move forward. Listen to me. As long as we dwell in anemic faith, the enemy will keep us in check to whereas we will never be able to advance and take ground in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God wants us to move forward. Hallelujah. 
Folks, when water sets still, what's going to happen to it? It's going to get still. It's going to become stagnated. Hallelujah. It has to be moving. And if water is a moving, they let us know that water purifies itself every so far. Amen? Hallelujah. So God wants us as His church not to just hold ground. Amen. And just say, we're going to hold on and we're going to just hold this. But He wants us moving forward. Think about it. Your faith is anemic, which keeps you in a spiritual wheelchair. Follow me now. Just let me talk to you just a few minutes. If your faith is anemic, it's going to keep you in a spiritual wheelchair, and the only way for you to move is by somebody else pushing you. Come on now. Hallelujah. You have to sit and hear the victorious testimonies of others while you sit there wishing you had a testimony like them. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. Yeah, we got, we got, we, we got a little faith here, but is it healthy? Amen. Is it, or is it sickly? Is it, is it, is it anemic? Anemic. Now, it's important to understand, and follow me, and I'm going to stop just to bring this out for you to understand something. It's important to understand that I'm not talking, uh, that I'm talking about weak faith, not mustard seed faith. There's a difference between mustard seed faith and weak faith. Mustard seed faith may be small, but it's healthy, not anemic, and weakened by doubt or circumstance of any kind. Hallelujah. Mustard seed faith can move mountains, tear down satanic strongholds, and bring hell to its knees. Glory to God. But anemic faith sits in a corner with his face, amen, in his hands, crying, what am I going to do now? Hallelujah. So don't confuse weak faith with mustard seed faith. There's a difference. Church, this kind of sad, pathetic existence is not what Christ empowered His church for. We are to take this generation for Jesus Christ, implementing kingdom principles. Come on now, follow me. While advancing the cause of Christ around the world. We don't have time to sit around and play tiddlywinks. There are people dying and going to hell every day. Hallelujah. There's a young lady in the hospital, I believe you said in Murfreesboro, 33 years old, on life support. That's there because of the darkness that's in this world. And church, we can't afford just to be sitting around having uh, uh, group gets-togethers and talks about how can we hold this thing. If I call a meeting of the men of our congregation, I'm not going to be calling a meeting to ask you how we can hold this thing. I'm going to be calling a meeting to say, how can we move it on? 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just like Moses, uh, amen, and the children of Israel, uh, he said, listen, boys, we've encamped around this mountain long enough. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Amen. We saw the fire come down from heaven. Moses got the commandments, and we saw the tables of stone. We've seen some mighty moves of God. But say, God said it's time to move on. We have hovered around this mountain long enough. Some of you have been wandering around in the same place for years. No progress, no headway. Just ask yourself this question. Is God really pleased with a church that He's empowered if we keep a mindset like that? God wants His church to move on, to advance. People are dying lost. People need deliverance. And we can sit around here and holler about we got the truth all we want to if we're not taking the truth that God has given us and sharing it and doing something with it. Matthew uh, chapter 11 and verse 12. Listen to this. And from the days of John the Baptist unto now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by what? Don't sound like to me that they're playing patty cake. Come on. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by Force. I've heard people take this passage of Scripture and rip it all to pieces. Because I'm going to tell you something, whether or not you understand it or not, the violent here that he's referring to is the church, the body of Christ. I want to read that same scripture, and I hope they're able to put it up on the screen. Matthew 11 and 12. We want to read it in the different translation, in the God's Word translation. From the time of John the Baptizer unto now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful people have been seizing it. Look around. Well, what's going on here this afternoon? And the power of God that's been demonstrated in our midst today, this did not come about by people just sitting around in a corner not doing anything, just hoping to hold on. This comes not for by one day or two days or one, one week. Brother Paul, this has come about by years of people in this congregation's faithfulness to prayer and fasting and seeking God. To people with a determination like the song that was sung a while ago, I won't be satisfied with the ordinary glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we had a great time today, but I'm not satisfied with that because I know my God is greater than what we've even seen today. I want to see more. I want to touch Him more. Glory. 
we got to be advancing, folks. And if you've got an anemic faith, you're not going to be advancing. You, you go, you're going to be one of those people who, who's up one day and down the next. And God is telling you, and this is not to be harsh or critical with nobody. Don't take it in that kind of spirit and attitude. But God is telling His people, I've got so much better in store for you than that. God says, I've got more planned for you than that. Listen now, church. The devil is not going to roll over and play dead just because you got a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on your car. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a cruising down the boulevard. I'm cool. I got a honk if you love Jesus. I got one of them fishes back there. I got a right to life license plate. Yeah, and you let that guy cut you off down the road. When that person cuts you off, Brother Pity, we ain't hawking because we love Jesus. <laughs> Hello, somebody. It's the truth in your Glory to God. So our hawk, if you love Jesus, bumper sticker don't scare the devil one bit. He's not going to pack his bags and get out of Dodge. Hallelujah, just because we dance around and shout and sing, Victory, victory shall be mine. Come on now. That's not what's going to make him run. That's not what's going to make him get out of town. In fact, he's more than likely laughing at all that stuff because he knows you will forget it by the time you leave the church building. Hello? He knows your anemic faith makes you a spiritual wimp that he can slap around with one hand tied behind his back anytime he wants to. Is it because you're not a child of God? No. Is it because that you don't have the Holy Ghost? No. It's because that you stay satisfied with the same old, same old. Hallelujah. You don't have a zeal in your soul to excel and to receive more from God than you've ever had before. So, folks, one of the dangers of being anemic or having weak faith is folks who in that condition do not ever advance. They don't ever grow. Hallelujah. We've got to go beyond that. The second thing, and I told you I would bring just two of this message. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you the whole thing today. The weak in faith succumb under pressure. This is another danger of somebody being weak in faith. Now, let me say this. The Bible teaches us that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We all have faith. And when we began our walk with God, we all began with the same 
portion. God is no respecter of person. He didn't give somebody a gallon and somebody else a, a, a thimble for But you've heard me preach this before. If we come to God on the same night, we're both filled with the Spirit, and we get saved and get to living for God. God deal, deals to us a measure of faith. But faith is like the muscles in our body. Muscles will expand and grow if you exercise. Some people spend the time exercising. And them biceps is amazing. Some people, you can tell what muscles they exercise. Could be this. Could be this. You can tell what they exercise and it's growing. Come on now. God has dealt to every man, Brother Kenneth, the measure of faith. Now what you do with that faith he gives you and what I do will determine or not whether that faith will grow in time or become anemic. To where that even though you got faith, even though you've been baptized or whatever in God, the devil can whoop you around everywhere he wants to whoop you around with just one hand, with one tied behind his back, because you have not exercised and used the ability that God has given us. Listen to this. The Bible says that Satan... He's known as that old serpent. Satan is called a serpent in the Bible. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the old dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And also the Bible says a serpent is portrayed as being wise. Amen? Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 19, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as what? As serpents, harmless as doves. Now listen. Now, if Satan has all that wisdom and he knows your faith is anemic, which will cause you to succumb under pressure, what do you think he's going to pour on you like salt from a shaker? Pressure. All kinds of pressure. When Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia in chapter 5, he asked them, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Was it pressure? that caused them to succumb and quit running? Did Satan recognize their faith was anemic, so poured on the pressure to the breaking point? Think about it, church. Think about it. Now, it would do us all good to realize that every battle, every struggle, and every circumstance a child of God faces is spiritual in nature and is fought and won or fought and lost 
right here in the mind. Of course, this whole thing about devil and Satan and everything is the spirit. Amen. It's the spirit that's in the land. And every battle that you're going to fight, every struggle, every circumstance that you're going to go through, I don't care what it is, it's either going to be fought and won or fought and lost right here. Right, right, right here in the mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Your heart may love Jesus, but if your mind is seized by doubt, worry, and fear, you will eventually become so weary that you will develop battle fatigue and succumb to the pressures of warfare. Hallelujah. Amen. If our mind is filled with doubt, worry, and fear in the mind, we can have all the love of Jesus we, we want to in the heart, but if all this other junk is in the mind, this is where the battles are fought and won or lost, right here in the mind. That's the reason why. That's the reason why he said in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint. Whereat? In your minds. This is where your battles are fought, folks. And right here is where you're either going to win them or you're going to lose them. Right here. Hallelujah. The battles you come up against are won or lost in your mind. This is why Peter said to gird up the loins of your mind. To gird up means to fortify or reinforce. And this is accomplished through digestion of the Word of God and praying in the Holy Ghost. We've got to fortify our thoughts. We've got to fortify our mind. Amen. Gird up the loins of thy mind. And the only way you can do it Amen. It's through digestion of the Word and through prayer and uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. James 1, 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. You've got to get something in here, folks. You've got to get it. You've got to get a hold of it. I'm talking about the Word. Now, I enjoy shouting. I enjoy praising God. Hallelujah. I love it. I do my share of it. But I'm going to tell you all the problems and the struggles and the battles that I've fought in my life that I've gotten a victory over is because the Word that's been put in me, not the shout in my feet. We've got to keep everything in the proper perspective. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can live without a song played 90 mile an hour on the Hammond organ for two or three weeks, but you can't live without the Word. Glory to God. You're going to start getting anemic. Just like there's certain your body's the same way. Physically, you can become anemic. And you can also spiritually. I'm, fixing, I'm going to wind this thing to a close. Hallelujah. I think there's one other place. Yes, Jude 1 and 20. But ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying 
in the Holy Ghost. I'm concerned about the church and the and the younger people in the church in some in some uh, circles today losing some things. And what I mean by that is there's a term and, and and there's a lot of things I could talk about right here. But I can remember when I left and God brought me into uh, the fullness of His truth. I used to hear, hear a phrase all the time about praying through. You don't hear that much no more about people praying through. Hallelujah. Brother Hale, our founding pastor, used to call tearing services. Amen. And the years that I served under him and I was his, his associate, Every so often, he'd come and come in. He said, Brother Sammy, don't you think it's about time we have a little tearing service around here? He said, people are getting a little bit uh, shallow. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. A lot of people pray, but they don't pray long enough to pray through anymore. Hallelujah. Building up yourself on your most holy faith Praying in the Holy Ghost. When you start praying in the Holy Ghost, you pray through. You pray through. Church, the closer we get to the second coming of the Lord, the spiritual battles are going to increase at astronomical rates. This world is going to be shaken as never been shaken before. And those people who struggle with anemic faith won't have the strength to overcome. Your knowledge of the Word will not keep you if your faith is anemic. Hallelujah. Your knowledge of the Word will not keep you if your faith is anemic. Why do you say that, Brother Samuel? Well, the book of Daniel has always been one of my favorite Old Testament books in dealing with prophecy. And I've done a lot of prophetic teaching out of Daniel. And Daniel makes a statement about these last days and the things that's going to come to pass in this last generation. And Daniel made a, a very pr profound statement that's always shook me, it's always sobered me up. And that statement was this. He says, many of understanding shall fall. Many of understanding shall fall. Don't just rely on your knowledge. We got we got to get past just Acts two thirty eight. That's only a foundation. We gotta build, we gotta advance, we gotta go. Amen? We've got to do whatever it takes for our faith to stay healthy and to strengthen. That's why I like the testimonies. Because I don't know about you, but, but my faith was strengthened today by just hearing some testimonies. Hallelujah. Amen. My, my soul was encouraged just by hearing some testimonies. We've got 
to go on and move on because we're living in such perilous times. Let's see everybody stand together.